You're listening to a podcast from Turners Hill Free Church. For more information and resources, visit turnershillfreechurch.org.uk. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But those are written, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. I asked you a question, how are you, didn't I? First thing this morning. And um, I started to talk about doubt, really. Do you ever get up in the morning and and, uh, feel, what's life all about? I've been following Jesus for, for many years, and I don't seem to be getting anywhere. Life's a struggle. I don't feel close to him. Many of my friends don't believe in him, and many don't even know about him. Jesus said he was coming back. Paul writes to many churches and says, Jesus is coming soon. Well, where is he? A long time has elapsed, hasn't it, since Jesus was on this earth? Almost 2,000 years since he ascended in heaven, which uh, Murray read this morning. Where is he? What about those unbelievers? Often they seem to just sail along, don't they? Don't seem to have the worries and the burdens that we do. What about if you're a new believer here this morning? You've committed your life to Jesus. And you felt the joy of his spirit come into your lives. 
It's all gone a little chilly. All gone a bit cold. The initial joy has disappeared. You feel alone. You can't find answers. Lord, how long will you keep me waiting? You're not alone. That's the first thing I want to say. You're not alone to have doubts. You're not alone to feel down. Some of the writers in the Bible um, say just that. I was reading um, one of David's Psalms the other day, Psalm 6. Oh Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me with your wrath. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I feel faint. Lord, heal me. My bones are in agony. My soul's in anguish. How long, Lord? How long? He sounds pretty desperate there, doesn't he? He didn't uh, ask when, how are you today, David? Fine. No, he's prepared to open up his heart to God. He's prepared to, to let it all out. And we can come and share with one another because we're close, we're fellowship, but we can go to God, can't we? And we can open up ourselves to him. And we know he's there, we know that Jesus is there, we know that Jesus is our advocate. He's taken all the calls as he were and dealing with someone, passing someone to God. And he's going to answer those calls that we, we give out. Another one from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me? You hear the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry out day by day, but you don't answer me. If we look further down that psalm, there, there are answers to this. But often we feel isolated, feel condemned. We can't find the answers that we're looking for. Don't be alarmed. Don't be afraid. You are not alone. If Jesus is with you, you are not alone. That's the first thing I want to say. We were attending a, a funeral of an 84-year-old man. Um, known more to my wife. She was uh, He was a supervisor when she was counselling and in earnest, and uh, she got to know him very well, and he had a long, long ministry, and he was a faithful servant of God, and his children spoke so lovingly of him. And you know, one one said in one of the tributes, he's lived a long life, he loved books, but in God's sight, he's only just finished the introduction, because there's so much more to come. He's going to spend eternity with Jesus. There's so much more to come. We've only got to the introduction and that's this life. Glory, still to come. So, the two events that uh, we read about this morning in, in John's Gospel, Sunday evenings, the disciples were there in a house, may have been the upper room, not sure, but they were together and Jesus comes, the doors are locked, they're dead scared, they're frightened of the Jews at that time, and uh, so they've locked themselves in, but they are together. And Jesus comes, so the doors are locked, and says to them, Peace be with you. Oh, they longed for that 
introduction, didn't they? The Lord has risen. He's proved himself to them. He is with them. And it says they were overwhelmed with joy. Oh, I'd have loved to have been there that night, wouldn't you? And, and shared in that fellowship with the risen Jesus, turn, returning to, to greet them, to give them peace. And, and he tells them, I've got something for you to do. You, I want you to go out. I want you to take this word that I've been, that I'm giving you. And people that are prayed for and respond, they will be healed. They will be yours. But people that don't listen, they won't. And it's a very stark message of coming or not coming to Jesus. Jesus had come back from the dead and he wanted people to know. So he gave a demonstration. There are the marks in his hands and on his side. And I uh, just want to read a little bit from uh, 1 Corinthians. One Corinthians um, 15 talks about the resurrection of Jesus. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken stand. By this gospel, you are saved. So hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you of first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised the third day, according to the Scriptures, that he appeared to Peter and then to the Twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, living although some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then he appeared to the Apostle Paul. There was a definite proof, wasn't there, that Jesus was alive again. He had showed himself to people. So you can imagine um, how when they met, the disciples met up with Thomas, how excited he was going to be. Thomas, we've seen the Lord. Really? You've seen the Lord. Well, how was he? Was he well? Where did you see him? Well, I wasn't there. Where is he now? He's not here now. Not exactly uh, enthusiastic, was he? Enthusiasm rather lacking, sounds like a school report. Optimism, nil. Joy, I'm afraid not. What's his answer? Unless I see for myself the nail prints in his hands, unless I put my finger to them, unless I touch his broken side, I will not believe. You can imagine, he almost got one foot in the grave himself, didn't he? And saying, I don't believe it. Sorry about that. <laughs> but the Lord came back again, mercifully for Thomas. He wasn't going to miss an opportunity. He was greeting him again, peace be with you. And then he turns to Thomas and said, come on in, Thomas. Here's your opportunity. Put forward your hand. 
come and not only see, but come and touch that I am the risen Saviour. And boy, what a different response. Last Sunday, or during the week, when the disciples met, I will not believe. This Sunday, my Lord and my God. Wow. Transformation in life, yes? How are you feeling today, Simon? Uh, uh, Thomas? Fine. Really good. I am really good. I have met the Lord. How gentle Jesus was with me. He could have said, Thomas, you've been following me around for three years. I've told you several times I need to go to the cross. I need to, I need to be killed. I'm going to die and I will be raised, I will rise again. I will rise again. Now, didn't you hear that, Thomas? Where were you? Didn't you know me? We've lived in each other's pockets and you don't know me. You didn't know what I'm going to do. And you wouldn't believe. He didn't say any of that, did he? Just gave him the opportunity. And Thomas was able to see from himself, yes, this was the Lord, and yes, this was his Lord. Were you able to say that this morning? Jesus comes now, we'll be down on our knees, we'll be, my Lord and my God. Wouldn't it be marvellous? Wouldn't it be lovely? Jesus says another thing to Thomas. You've seen, you've believed, because you've seen. Uh, Not many people are going to have that opportunity. Talk about a few hundred there. that actually saw the Lord Jesus alive, but we haven't. We haven't seen him alive But he has a message for us today that we are blessed if we have not seen and yet have believed. That's our category, isn't it? We haven't seen Jesus face to face. We do feel we know. I feel as if I know him. I feel close to him. I feel as if I know him. But I've not actually been able to put my hand in his hand. Metaphorically I have, but not literally. And we're blessed, folks, this morning. Because we have come into belief, those of us have come into belief, though we've not seen Jesus, we are his. We are his. uh, Heidi was speaking about Abraham. And I just want to contrast Abraham with Thomas for a minute. Uh, He was a man of faith, wasn't he? Um, And God tested him. He tested him when he was living right up in the the north in Ur of the Chaldees and said, I want you to move on out, move on down. And he took him and he didn't know where he was going. But Jesus, God said to him, you come. And Abraham said, I will, I'll follow you. So he led him south. And he was an old man, we know. Last week we were told, and we were told again this morning by Heidi, there was a hundred. And uh, Sarah, who's 90, has a baby. And a long time before, God had promised this would happen. And you know, Abraham, he didn't quite trust God enough, and he thought, oh, I'll make my own arrangements. And uh, Hagar and Ishmael are involved. 
Uh, but God said, no, that's not, that's not what I said. You and Sarah will have a baby. And it happens. And uh, Abraham's trust is restored. And lo and behold, um, Isaac is a young lad. And God says to him, right, you've got this son Isaac. I want you to go and build an altar at Mount Moriah. I want you to take him with you, take the wood for the fire, and uh, I want you to sacrifice him. But didn't actually say that. He said, take the wood. And Abraham said to God, where's the sacrifice, Lord? And uh, here's the sacrifice. There's no ram. Well, there was a ram in place. And Isaac was saved, wasn't he? But Abraham had the faith to do that, to make that journey, and to do what God had asked. So we are saved by grace. But our faith is so important that we accept the grace that God has given to each one of us. Lots of the New Testament writers give us encouragement about our faith. I just want to read one or two for you. 1 Peter 5.7 Cast all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. Take that care away. Cast them upon him. Will he leave us? Hebrews 13.5 I will never leave you or forsake you. We can wander away, but Jesus will not wander from us. Paul had a co-worker called Demas. Remember him? And uh, when Paul is writing to the church at Colossae, he mentions Demas and he said, oh, Demas sends his love. But later on, when he's writing to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.10, Paul has to say, Demas has forsaken me, having loved the pleasures of this world better. He'd wandered away. And friends, we have free will to stick with Jesus or to wander away. Jesus wants us to stay. Jesus has provided the way. He's made provision for us. He loves us. He wants us. However difficult decisions we're making, however however many struggles in life we have, Jesus is there for us. Even back in the Old Testament, Isaiah, the wonderful man of God, says, Fear not, I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. What more do we need? He's with us and he is our God. Life's wonderful. Ephesians 2 verse 8. By grace you're saved through faith. Not of yourselves, lest anyone should boast. It is the gift of God. My wife's quoting it verbatim. <laughs> It is the gift of God. So we have many proofs that Jesus is alive, that Jesus cares for us, that Jesus is active today. Must be a third page somewhere. Sorry. <laughs> 
So we saw that Jesus eventually came when he saw for himself to say, Lord, my Lord and my God. Is that enough for you today? Is that enough? Do you want more? I can give you more. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I can give you a guarantee. Would you like a guarantee? I'm not a double glazing salesman. Uh, this may seem too good to be true, but it's not. It is true. God has given us a guarantee that we have a sure and certain hope in him. We read Ephesians. The whole chapter 1, uh, if you're in, in any form of doubt, it's a very good chapter to read. I'm sure it will restore your confidence. I just want to read a couple of verses. Um, you also, when you were included in Christ, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, what? Exactly. Guaranteeing your inheritance. The seal, the promise, and the guarantee are trustworthy. You know, you get some guarantees for your television. Well, there's so many exclusions, you could really tear it up, couldn't you? But there are no exclusions. For those that are his, those that are included, it's a good word, isn't it? Are you included in, as one of God's children? The gospel of salvation, the good news of salvation. Having believed, you are marked with a seal. Not many of you are old enough to remember sealing wax and seals. But uh, if you sign, Pearl is, if you sign a contract and, uh, <laughs> well, you were nodding. <laughs> um, if you signed a contract, they heated up some wax and they had a seal and they stamped it on. And this goes back years and years ago. You still do it, Maria, in the home office? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so we are marked with that seal. And that seal could not be broken. It was a permanent thing. It would last. And that guarantee that we have, Jesus said, I'm going away. I have to go away, but I will leave one who will comfort you. One who will come alongside you. One will be with you. Who will be with you? One who is your paraclete. He walks with you. He talks with you. He instructs you. He helps you. He is there for you. He is your link with the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee of not only this life, not many guarantees can do this, but the next life as well. No other guarantee can do this. But Jesus' guarantee is there for all. You know, even Jesus was tempted. The devil took him off into the wilderness and uh, he asked him three questions. Turn these stones into bread. Go away. 
jump off this cliff and the angels will save you. Do not tempt the Lord your God. I'll give you all the kingdom if you bow down to me. Away, Satan. Worship the Lord of the, the Lord God only and serve him. We must not succumb to temptation. Doubt can lead us to temptation. Doubt can give us anxiety. Can give us almost depression. A feeling of isolation. A feel of loneliness. A feeling we're not achieving it. I went to a, an American football game in 1991 in San Diego. Can't remember anything about the game. <laughs> American football's not that good. <laughs> And uh, it was crowded out places, uh, the San Diego Chargers. And uh, my friend was driving, and uh, he couldn't find anywhere to park. And uh, he thought, well, I'll just squeeze in there. And a, quite a large black policewoman with a four-foot-long Luke Skywalker wand came and waved it at us and said to us, don't even think about it. And uh, we didn't. Um, and that's what we've got to do with doubt. Don't even think about it. Don't let God, let, sorry, don't let the devil have a foothold in your life. Be strong. Take courage. Don't let temptation rule your life. Don't let the world, as it did with Demas, make you slip away. That's the best advice I can give this morning. I'm not here to give advice, really, but God's word says, be close to him. Follow him closely. Let him have a bigger part of your life, a bigger part of your life. Give him priority. Give him top attention. Give him first fruits. And those doubts will disappear. Oh, yes, you might be struggling. You might not be in the best of health. Your job may not inspire you. Your relationship may be difficult. But God is overall. God has won the battle. Satan is on his last legs. His defeat is imminent. And God has said, my son will return to take us to glory. Just close with a, another reading from uh, Corinthians, which um, was read in this uh, funeral that we went to. And I uh, felt it inspiring and encouraging. I had thought what I was going to say before this, but this was, a, this was the encouragement I needed to, uh, to continue. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We'll not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in a twinkling of an, 
of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall all be changed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you.